Welcome to today's episode of Project Redemption, real life stories, redeemed, restored, retold. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and thanks for hanging out with us today. Well, today you are going to be meeting another Redemption Press author, Joanne Whitler, and I would love to share a few fun things about her, and then you can check out her bio in the show notes. And first of all, welcome to the podcast, Joanne. It is great to have you with us. Oh, thanks for having me. You bet. Well, I love how God has called you, Joanne, to minister specifically to youth under the age of 18. And that that call came to you with this commitment to really be more patient, more non-judgmental yeah. with those young people. Um and to do that intentionally, which I just love, that just spoke to me because I think of all the times I have been really patient with people and I loved being able to tell them that God is so patient with me. Yeah. How can I not be patient with you? Yeah. And it's just who he is. Yeah. And I just see you wanting to be God was skin on, Jesus was skin on yeah. to these kids. And uh, I just love that. Uh, it just feels very authentic to me. Yeah. And uh, when I uh, asked you some different questions, uh, I just love that you want to be, you know, what you see is what you get. I call that WYSIWYG. Yeah. And that's authenticity and being who you are, whether anyone's watching or not, just that you're friendly and outgoing and you, no one's a stranger. Yeah. And that is such, such a gift yeah. with that <laughs> younger demographic. So yeah. <laughs> I just love that. Mm -hmm. Um, and your favorite scripture being John 15, 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his yes. master's business. That's right. Instead, I've called you friends. Yes, I love that. Yes. Yeah, I love that verse. I love it. So, tell me a little bit about how that kind of came to be your favorite verse. Well, you know, since God gave me mother to many, he's done a lot of changes in my life. And um, one of them was about getting rid of the religious spirits and learning about having a relationship with Jesus. And so um, when I read that verse, it just, it came to life. And I remember when I was in church and I was just praying and I just went at the very end, I said, thank you, Jesus, my friend. And he goes, you finally got it. And so that's why after that, you know, there's, of course, all of us have many more favorite verses. But when you guys ask that, I, that's the first one that came to mind. And mm. so I just, I love that he's our friend, that we can go to him. And like you said, he's so patient with us. So why don't we want to be patient with his children, all his children, you know? And so, yeah, I, I love that verse. It's, mm. it's, I love it when they come to life to you. Yes. Really the glow just, on the page. Yeah. Yeah. And you just go, oh, 
oh my gosh, he wants yeah. to be my friend. He calls me friend. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so well, that sounds like it was a defining moment for you. Yeah, it was. It was an aha moment, you know, and mm. I, I just, I, you know, even like our, our scripture that we have for our ministry, when he kept on saying the least of these, the least of these. And when I looked it up, it did, it made me cry. And yeah. just like with that, with him saying that I no longer call you servant, I call you my friend. And it was like, oh, wow. He calls me friend. That just, I mean, it just makes, it just so cool. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. So tell us a little bit about how God got a hold of your life. So um, pretty much, I, you know, like I put on that at the very beginning, it, you know, our grandmas are always amazing influence, I think, for most of us. And my grandma is the one that at four years old took me, um, started taking me, my sister and my mom to church. And so at four years old, um, went to church. Um, and of course, it was real fun because we were back in the nursery and um, the pastor's son, we were all goofing around. I remember hitting my head on the, one of the pews and the whole church had to look back at us because it was such a loud place. But after that, you know, it was like I enjoyed going to church and especially with my grandma. And then when she moved, I would get on my bike and ride. I didn't know which church was um, it wasn't the church that she took me to, but it was a different two churches. There was a Lutheran and Assembly God right next to each other. And so I I would take turns going to either one because I didn't know which one, which one is the one that she took me to, you know? Yeah. So I got a little taste of both of them, but um, that's where God got a hold of me. And that's where my story, I think, hit, of course, for him, for God, our story began before we were born. But for mm -hmm. me, I believe um, knowing Jesus, um, getting to know who he was started at the age of four. So you um, you also kind of mentioned wandering away a few times yeah. um, as you were growing up. Tell us kind of what that looked like and how God drew you back. Well, I think the cool, cool thing is, and I've talked to other people about this, is that when we do walk away from God, it's like he has a rope and he only lets you go so far. And yeah, you might do things that hurt you or cause issues. And, you know, I got into the party scene a little bit and um, dated the wrong guys and all that kind of stuff. And and I never got into drugs, but um, the going to the go going out drinking and dancing and stuff like that and just walked away from God. And um, that never stayed too long. He would always pull me back. And so he just kind of like, okay, I'm going to let you experience this a little bit, but I'm going to pull that, pull you back because I don't want you to ruin your life. Mm -hmm. And so, because I have a plan for you and I, I want you to, <laughs> to fulfill that plan, even though it did take me until I was in my fifties, but yeah, just pretty much just going out and drinking and, and dating too many, too many guys and just not doing things that I should have been doing it. Um, if I was living the right way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit as, you know, you've grown in the Lord and gone through hills and valleys like we all do. Mm -hmm. um, what's one way you've seen God bring restoration within maybe a circumstance where you made a bad choice or someone else's bad choice affected you, where you then saw him restore and bring good out of it? Well, I think um, that would be like the relationship with my dad. You know, my dad was a Pierce County deputy. And so my dad saw a lot of the bad stuff. And so 
he was very strict with us kids growing up and he was very distant. He was not a huggy type of dad um, or said, I love you and all that kind of stuff. All those things that a young girl needs, they need to have that love from their, from their dad. And of course, because of that, then I would try to find it in other, other, other men. But once God gave me mother to many, because I still had a lot of that hurt and stuff. And he even told me, he says, you know, for you to go and do what I've called you to do, you have to let go of a lot of that hurt. You have to break down those walls um, to be able to go and honestly let people know I've overcome that. So when God started taking down those walls, he started showing me my dad's life of growing up and that it was it was hard for him. And he didn't have that love and he had that rejection. And so he just kind of what brought it into his family once he got married to my mom. And um, so as God started showing me that, it started to give me more compassion for my dad and to let go of that anger and that hurt. Does he upset me at times? Yeah, he still does. But that's my dad. And I just have learned to say that's my dad. And, um, you know, he's a man of God. He believes in God and has a has a great faith. And so and God has worked on his life, too, because now every time we call and talk, my dad says, I love you when we mm. move home. So um, that's totally changed. And so God, I believe, really restored and gave me um, I'm always the first one he calls when he needs somebody. He knows I'm the reliable one out of five kids. So that's pretty, that's always impressive. So, um, but yeah, so I believe that's one of one area that God really restored and, and changed. And I, I so appreciate it. Well, and it sounds like God worked in you to give you that compassion and that like he was doing the best he could with what yeah. he had. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yep. Because and, he felt a lot of rejection too, just the same as I felt with him. It's just that he didn't know how to let it go so much. Um, but anyways, but God just gave me that forgiveness. That's the first thing that really heals a lot of things is forgiving and letting go and letting God come in and just redo things. Yeah. And I and the other piece that um, you may have recognized as you um, work through all of that, um, you know, officers, law enforcement officers have major post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, yes, they that do. That makes it very difficult for them to have relationships yeah. with everyone. I mean, not just their kids, but, yeah. you know, so to, to be able to, you know, make headway beyond that, because that's, that's a tough one. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's easier for them to just shut down and not yeah communicate and not let you get too close. Exactly. Because they've seen all this devastation and loss. Oh, yeah. And my dad's unit, because of all the suicides and stuff that he saw, was called the Blood Squad. Oh. I mean, he it, he saw a lot. And even though it was the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of things. And, and they didn't have a partner. You see, when they went on calls, they were all by themselves. So, yeah, it was a totally different world in that. And then, yeah, all the things that he went through and saw. Um, not fun. People shouldn't have to see those things. Exactly. And you can't unsee them. No, you can't. <laughs> so, you know, you just, okay, let's see. Self-medicate in whatever way. Sometimes it's with work. Sometimes it's with alcohol. Sometimes it's with drugs. You know, I mean, there's yeah. lots of ways to numb your mind so you are not thinking about those things. And that mm. can affect the people around us that we love the most. Yeah, that's which, true. You know. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I would just uh, love to kind of shift gears 
and really um, get the story around how God called you into ministry, what that looked like. And I know that's what your book, A Woman's Journey to Becoming Mother to Many, that's what the book's about. Yeah. But I would just love for you to share with us just a little bit about how that, how God brought that all together and some of the different experiences you've had in that ministry. Okay. Well, Mother to Many is 10 years old. So um, 10 years ago, um, it started in probably November. Uh, that would have been 2012. Um, I literally felt God birthing something in me. And I knew I kept on going, God has something for me. I know he has something for me. I can just feel it. And I had never really felt something like this before. So when my pastor said, hey, um, we're going to do a, a church fast. And I says, okay, you know, I hear God's voice, but I really want to hear God's voice. I want to make sure if he's got something for me, I'm going to do that fast. So I went off sweets and boy, did I, you know, at church, it was like two weeks later um, during the fast, I I just heard him clearly. He says, you're going to be the mother to many. And of course, anybody would be going, whoa, okay, uh, what are you going to, what do you have for me? Am I supposed to have another baby? I'm 52 years old. There's no cotton picking way. I'm going to have a baby, <laughs> you know, are you going to, or am I going to adopt? What does that all mean? And so then um, a week later, again at church, just praying. And then um, I heard the homeless teens. Well, there again, you have different ways of thinking. What does that all mean? And, you know, God usually never reveals everything all at once. It's always in pieces. And so it was pretty much the next six months trying to kind of listen and try to understand, pray. And and so after six months, I knew it was time to quit my job and um, really focus on what God wanted um, wanted me and my husband to do. So anyways, so once we did that, we did think, we did get ahead of God. And that was the one thing that was kind of funny. One time I was just talking to God and, um, and I said, you know what? Um, I don't quite know where I'm supposed to go or if I, am I doing this right? And he says, well, Joanne, first of all, what happens when you, you lead and not let me lead. And I go, things go a little slower. And he says, that's right. He says, why don't you let me lead? And I says, okay. So anyways, but that was after we had taken a few wrong turns, you know, we thought we were going to have a house and all that good stuff for kids. But as soon as we got into the skate park, God opened the floodgates. It was like, whoa, okay, we are definitely, and you know, what's so funny is at the very beginning of us doing this, I met with a lady that told me the best way to meet kids is at skate parks. But because I had outside influences come in and kind of say, oh, homes are really what, what is needed now for kids and all that, I that's, that's when I took the detours. So, but after that, almost two years, then we went to the skate park. And then, like I said, then God really, he let me know you are where I want you to be. And then that's where we went to our first park. Then six months later, he gave us two more parks and then it just kept on going from there. So it's really cool what um, God has done with this. And then plus, it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, God will use you. And, you know, and the one reason I believe we're at the skate parks is those kids look at us more as maybe grandparents right. instead of parents, because everybody that helps me is pretty much older, I think. Even Diana, she's, I think, our youngest, and she's almost 60. But everybody else is in their 60s and 70s. 
I think somebody might even be in their eighties. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So that's pretty much what God has done with this. So give me an example of, you don't have to use their real name if you don't oh, yeah. want to, but just give me an example of how God created a, an opportunity for you to, to just speak into a young person's life and to then watch him work and produce some fruit from that. So um, I think the best part is, is, okay, so when we go to the skate park, we don't preach to the kids. We let them open the door. If they ask us why we're there, then we talk about Jesus. But we show Jesus. So we're plant, we're seed planters. So one of the cool things, and this is, this is in my book about a young, young boy that used to come to the skate park and he used spray can paint to paint, um, did art paint, art with it. And he did amazing, amazing stuff. He showed us pictures of things he had done and stuff like that. So anyways, really liked the kid, connected with him, even bought him some spray paint to be able to do some of his art. Well, we didn't see him for about a year or so. And then all of a sudden he showed up one day and he asked me, he says, hey, do you remember who I am? And I said, of course I remember you. You're the, the art kid. And he's, I'm bad with names. So I, I, I identify other ways to be able to remember kids. And so anyways, he goes, yeah. He says, well, hey, I just want to tell you what's been going on with my life. He says, my family didn't know. We didn't, we didn't really go to church. We didn't go to church. I never talked about Jesus. He says, but when I came to the park here, you all showed me Jesus. He says, you showed me Jesus. And he says, and with your love of what you do and how you help the community, he said, so after that, he started going to reality sports in Puyallup, and that's a Christian outfit, and they do Bible studies. So he says, after I met you guys, then I started to go to reality sports and there we have Bible studies. So they taught him about Jesus. And so that is probably one of the really special ones that I always think about. I know um, we've had other ones that have shared things. Um, a young man that will be speaking at our fundraiser, um, also very touching, but he's one that always stands out because like he said, he says, you showed me Jesus. And that's that's what we want to do is we want to show them Jesus. And we want them to know that he loves and cares about them. And through mm -hmm. our actions, that says more than anything. Amen. Yeah. So when someone reads your book, A Woman's Journey in Becoming Mother to Many, what do you hope for them to walk away with? Well, um, the good thing is a lot of my friends have bought the book. So they've told me what they what has really touched them. And it's cool because that's exactly what I wanted it to do is to really just bless people, to inspire people, to encourage and give hope. And when people say, oh, your book, you know, it, 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 and two, the cool thing is, is for some of those people, they've held on to things, too, in their lives. Mm -hmm. So um, they like one lady told me, she says, it really gave me healing. She says, I cried through the book because God was touching my heart because of my relationship with my dad or maybe with another family member. So it was helping him there. But another lady, um, it inspired her because now she wants to do more. I heard that I've heard that quite a few times. Mm -hmm. They want to do more and they look at me now I'm 62 years old and I'm still doing what I'm doing. So they know that it doesn't matter how old God can still use you. So it's, that's the exciting part is when you get the feedback from people and they, they're very, very happy with um, the book and what it's done for them. Mm. I love, I love it when people can uh, 
see themselves in your story. Yeah. Like they didn't have the same experience, but yeah, there's a piece here, a piece there where they, they're in it and, yeah. they're, and, and they're, you know, it, it's affirming to them that, yes. wow, look at what God did with her. Maybe he could do something like that. Oh, with exactly. Can, yeah. Do something for the kingdom. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and it doesn't mean they have to go out and do a skate park. Right. But, you know, there's so many other things that God can use people in. So, yeah. you know, it's cool when you hear that. Wow. Yeah. So good. So if we have some people listening today, watching today, um, what what's the best place if they want to reach out to you, find out more about the ministry, more about you, maybe have you come speak, whatever. What's the best way for them to do that? So um, if they want to find out more about Mother to Many, they can go to our webpage, which is www.mother, and it's the number two, um, many.org, or okay. they can email me at info at mothertomany.org. So these are two places. Yeah. Wonderful. We'll make sure that's down in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been so inspiring. I love what you're doing. My two boys grew up on skateboards. Oh, so wow. Yeah. Place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, we love what we do. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you bet. God bless your ministry. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Project Redemption podcast, where we hear real life stories, redeemed, restored, retold, brought to you by Redemption Press and Romans 828 Books and Gifts. We'd love to have you review and follow this podcast, share it with friends and family, and help us get the word out on your preferred digital platform. So again, thanks for joining me today, and I'll look forward to being with you again next week for another episode of Project Redemption, Real Life Stories, Redeemed, Restored, Retold.